It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's late April and I'm walking beside a very beautiful ancient woodland in Gloucestershire where the woodland floor is covered with bluebells and wood anemones, all in flower at the moment. And the trees are fascinating, very different from my homeland in Brecon Beacons. So I'm standing beside a wild service tree, which I hardly ever see. Sort of relatively small with little serrated leaves. And then beyond it are lime trees with their great heart-shaped leaves, so fresh and green. And hawthorn is just coming into coming into leaf as well, so everywhere feels fresh. And there's glorious bird song here. Um, well, welcome to the podcast, the Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. And to introduce myself, my name is Fergus Collins, and I'm the host of the podcast. And welcome to our season twelve. And this is episode two of season twelve, where we're looking at the joys of Wild Britain and. For this episode, I'm going to take you back in time, just about a month or so, to March, and to our friend Kevin Parr, and we're heading further south. And, well, this is just a joyful episode. Kevin is good friends with one of our most treasured nature writers, naturalists, Chris Yates. The two of them set out on a very early spring day to see if they can catch sight of the hen harriers that winter on the downs there and well it's just a charming episode there's lots of great wildlife lots of great chat i think one of the best 40 minutes you'll spend this spring until the next podcast of course and i'll be joining kev later after his adventure in the podcast studio to have a little chat good afternoon and it is just afternoon it's about 10 past 12 and in some ways it's morning for the person I've come to see because he doesn't get up before midday. I'm really excited to be here because I normally at this time of year I'd be sick of the sight of him because we would have been fishing constantly um, until the end of the season which was on Monday but Chris Yates who is a very well-known angler hasn't fished for about two and a half years and he has a different obsession instead here I am at his cottage in South Wiltshire. I'll go and rouse him. I'm hoping he's up. But it's a beautiful day. It's early spring. The sun is shining. I've just seen a brimstone fly across the road, which has got to be a good omen. And hopefully we'll go and see something even more exciting. Hey, Kev. <laughs> How, How are you? you? How are you? It's been so long. Yeah. I'm delighted to see the Christmas decorations still up. And not only the Christmas decorations up, look, see the, um, the, the lights. lights. They were switched on Christmas Eve and they haven't been turned off. They're just, it's just battery. That's, that's amazing. It's just uh, a, two, two AA batteries. Mm. Mm. I haven't enjoyed a cup of your tea, mm. but Cheers. I can't remember how long. Mm, this is a slightly new blend as well. Is it? Mm. This is um, not my standard or great because I couldn't get it last week, but this is pretty fine though. Mm, not bad. It's Earl Grey and, and another a different kind of Assam. Goes oh. well with cake. Very mellow drink and, to start the day. And ginger cake. And what a day. It's lovely. It's it, it, it was completely blue when I first looked out. You know, it's crack of dawn. It must have been... 
It must have been 9.30. <laughs> uh, I don't think the sun had risen more than a minute or two. And yeah, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Did you see the moon last night? Yeah. It wasn't bright. No. It was fierce. It was. It was absolutely fierce. You couldn't, you couldn't look into it and then carry on walking. No. Because all you could see was the moon. But, yeah, I did... I must have done a couple of miles. I went down through the valley and... And, of course, although you're renowned as an angler, you're, well, not also an angler who now hasn't angled for two and a half years. <laughs> I'm renowned as an angler. <laughs> a non -angler. hasn't angled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ever since discovering um, the um, charm of the hen harrier. Mm. Mm. And but but just to thinking of your walk in the moonlight night walk, which was sort of your first non-fishing book, mm. which which was which was it's got to be it's ten years this year mm. since it came out, and it's still still doing you know still trickling along. Really well. mm. And the follow-up that that was coming out in two thousand and fourteen, mm. yeah, um, the follow-up which sh yeah should have been done in two years. That was the that was the kind of nominal um, deadline. Well, we managed to extend it a bit, mm. and I'll probably be finished, um, hopefully, the end of this year, maybe <laughs> middle of next. <laughs> it's, it's, te it's ten years this year since it was commissioned. And it was, it was Winter Walk, you see. It was, about, mm. it was just a book about the winter to start with, and then I discovered the Hen Harrier. And now it's taken this lovely... And it's taken a different flight. course altogether. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it would have been ready, of course. I, I, I virtually finished it. Oh, and, the original, and, yes. And, yeah, and yeah. then, um, and it was during the writing of, the, of, of that book that I discovered the, this hawk. And I had to rewrite the entire thing. And, it's, and I have to do the hawk justice. Mm. It isn't about the hen harrier, but the hen harrier is flying through it. Um, the hen harrier is the, is the focus, I could say. I did a radio programme, do you remember, a couple of years ago? Um, and it was, it was sort of my last cast, really. Um, it was my last cast, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Reading the water. Yeah. Reading the water about an old lake that had a, um, a legend of a monstrous carp. And that, that, was the, <laughs> that, was, that went down quite well. And now the new one, which goes out later this year, is Reading the Air. And it's it's a complete, um, completely different feel to it. And it's winter, because that's why I love the winter now. The mm. Harriers made me love... I always liked winter, but now I, I, I'm excited about winter because of the Harrier. Yeah. It's only here from um, kind of November to March. And then the rest of the time, I just... Uh, doss about, you know. Well, exactly, yeah. exactly. Just which is fine. Perfectly <laughs> <laughs> acceptable. Sleep a lot yeah. and write. So write. Yeah, you're writing. I'm writing. Yeah, that's right. I've got. To, I've, got to, I've got to write about what I saw in the winter. Yeah, exactly. And it's been a very good winter this year for Harriers <clears throat> down here. Anyway, last winter was. I was concerned there were very few, and and the fact that it's so elusive and so rare, and the fact it's been persecuted for you know over a hundred years and it's still persecuted now even mm. though the laws are in place to protect it it is still not protected N not not um not in the places where it should be protected on the on the uplands on the northern uplands yeah um, yorkshire and scotland and Henry. my best encounter with a male hen harrier was um middle of march was it so you never know yeah for my 70th birthday yeah my my um it was my elder, elder daughter's um, plan to put me into a cottage on Mull with the rest of them. Yes. And we were going to... Because I, I just said that I would love to see the sky dance of a harrier. Yeah. And so, she, without, you know, without telling right. me, she just said, <laughs> we're going to Mull on your birthday. What? <laughs> you know my birthday. It's a, I, I know what I like to do. It, I, I don't want to go all the way up there. It's too far. How will I get there and back on the same day? Don't be so silly. <laughs> But you had one of the best birthdays ever. Oh, it was wonderful. Mm. And and we didn't see the sky dance. We arrived there a week before my birthday, and we didn't see the sky dance until my birthday. The only day it didn't rain, I right above you, our heads, it was fabulous. I remember you describing it, and you'd found a really nice sort of perch in the heather and um, with a nice bottle of beer and some cake. And That's right, we were having a picnic. Was, everyone was properly mulled. 
in that place but also just, oh. but also alert because yeah. we, we had seen a harrier not skydancing a few days earlier in that same place I said we've got to go back there there's obviously a harrier there um, it was a female and and I thought I saw a male but it was too distant to know but we, mm. we went back and we scoured about and then we saw a, a harrier being pursued by a buzzard and but she just brushed it off after a while and I thought well this yeah, we'll, we'll just, We'll find a little bit of a high bit of high ground, and we had a picnic on the high ground. And then the, the female came back and started hunting. And we watched her hunting for twenty minutes, Ooh, yeah. the longest I've ever seen, you know, a harrier hunting. And she kept diving for, you know, not picking up much. I think she was picking up insects, probably maybe a maybe maybe a lizard. We did see some lizards, um, and um, and then suddenly we heard this sound that was. As Charlie, yeah, that's another reason why I, I, I have to be impressed by Charlie. I said, what does that sound like? That reminds me of something. You see, and he said straight away, the dolphin. It's, oh. it, that, it was a chord. It was a bit, it, I, that's not a very good version of it. That, <laughs> that, that sounds like a dolphin or a harrier. <laughs> but it was, it was a kind of chuckle. Sounds a bit like a turkey. The turkey, yeah. <laughs> but yes, it, it, it was a... It, it was, um, it was the male Harrier coming Brilliant. in. We had to look round before, and then it, then it, then it came out over, virtually over our head, maybe 60, 70 yards downwind, and there was a food pass, which, mm. I, um, which I had seen before once, um, in, in the winter too. It was a food pass, and then he danced for her. Oh. Uh, it was just be- and I, I just lay on my back in the dried bracken, staring up at this, this um, phenomenon, this... This oh, it was beautiful, and, it, and eventually it disappeared into cloud. It was doing wow. one of the verticals before it sort of spiraled down again, and it just literally disappeared into cloud like some kind of vision. But today, I mean, we could go and look for a hen harrier, which mm. we, well, we have to. But I had another thought on the way up, mm-hmm. which was possibly um, to go a mile or two east and look for zigzags. Zigzags, oh, yes, we could look for zigzags. We used to go lizard hunting there with, um, with the small... No, they weren't so small then. But, um, but I remember one day we saw... I think we saw 11 adders and... When, when This is probably back in the... 1800s? Yeah, 1800s. <laughs> yeah, we, we must have seen n- nearly a dozen adders. And, wow. And certainly nearly 20 common lizards all in the same, and then in in the the evening, same couple of hours. Because in the evening you'd, there'd be turtle doves... And yes. nightingales. Yeah, turtle doves, nightingales. And there's um, a few. It, w- it was it was a paradise. Mm. There's a few turtle doves left, but mm. no nightingales now. The nightingales no. haven't been back for not for ten years now, and and I go always to the same sites, the same where there's, it's it's scrub, it's woodland, it's downland to the east. And this is where the scrub begins, where the, where the adders are. <clears throat> and then there's um, quite a lot of gorse. And remember the, um, the Queen's Hall, as we called it. Yeah, yeah. The Queen's Hall was, was this, there's this big gorse bush with a kind of alcove to the west. And in the evening, the sun shone straight into that alcove. It was about, it must have been nearly 10 foot tall, maybe yeah. not that much, maybe t- 7 feet tall, and, and maybe... 12 foot across and then there's this alcove and we were looking in it and there was this there were two adders there were two adders exactly we thought it was two adders curled up side by side with the sun shining straight through onto this this lovely sight this pair of adders and then and then the movement and and they you know they were beginning to revolve that both mm. of them uncurl and then we realized it was all one yeah they were moving to it was like sort of the, the cogs on, on a clock and they were slowly you know kind of hey it was it was weird they were they were coalescing and then it became one and it was the biggest ad that oh, i've ever seen yeah she was huge wasn't she and and you saw her the following year i think mm. yeah i saw her, saw her twice the following year and um and then the next yeah, Nothing. they the the um, conservation people decided to hack down all the gorse oh. in the winter when it was the hibernaculum yeah. for the adders. Can I only just say um, um, to, to round up the um, the adder um, section um, that I've been there the last two years to all the favoured spots. I have I saw one lizard last summer. 
wow, and lizards and no other. Mm. That's maybe then. Mm. We shall see. We'll, we'll make a decision. But, but you never know, because it is such a, a lovely day, and it may just have... It was late May when I, when I looked last, and things had overgrown by then, so... Things are more exposed now, and if they come out to bask, we'll find them much more easily. And also, adders don't tend to keep your hours. <laughs> no, that's why I never get there till midday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here we are, we've stopped for lunch. We decided to come and try and see adders first, and we're going to go and look for Harry's afterwards, but we, as soon as we made that decision, the clouds come across, and it's... Um, it's fairly thick, so there's not really going to be adders out. And, I mean, the song thrush's serenading is rather nicely, but what's a bit disappointing is the sort of state of this site, which I've not been to for probably 12 years. You've not been for a couple of years, Chris? No, I was here. I was here several times last year looking um, for adders and lizards and hoping to hear the turtle dove. But um, which were always always used to be here, as there were always nightingales. But yeah, the, the gorse. This used to be a mass of solid gorse with little tracks in between that the deer would keep open, and um, and it was, um, it was there was plenty of areas, but uh, sort of size of a um, say a living room between some of, some of the gorse mm. enough for, for an adder to, to bask. Yeah. But because it was so dense and everything, all, all the other undergrowth was, was pretty well interwoven with the gorse, it was a nice mixture. A good place for adders. And I haven't, since they've cut it all back a few winters ago, maybe six, seven winters ago, they removed so much of the gorse and now it just looks like an open plain. I mean, it's, it's, such a, it's a difficult balance, isn't it, to consider every mm. everything and if you consider everything that lives in a certain place you wouldn't do any no you wouldn't all, do but absolutely the, but the problem with reptiles they tend to get forgotten especially in the winter mm. um and areas like this are cleared and you made the point about the high binacular they pick a specific area so carefully that they're gonna hibernate in and then if it's cleared above their heads well they're either exposed at that time or when they do emerge, they've got no cover. When they're very, very slow, very cold. And very vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one time when... <laughs> and they've chosen that place in the in the uh, autumn because they can just creep out a foot, get some sun, sunshine on them and, and uh, charge up their batteries, their blood. So it's not so good. But we'll have a, a short wander here probably and mm. then head for the, um, for the raptor viewpoint. Yes, with, with luck we'll see some raptors. We see, I regularly see a merlin there, and I have. This winter has been certainly the best winter in three years for hen harriers. Although I've only seen the male, a male there, three times, but the female was regularly hunting, and then once there were two females hunting, so um, together. And you've also seen white-tailed eagle. Oh yeah, there. just sort of yeah, just 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 a right turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you just think, oh, not much going on today, and then suddenly you look up and they're, they're of course. Oh, You've it's... actually seen two different mm. white-tailed mm. eagles, and sadly mm. we know that they're different because one mm. of them was found mm. dead. Mm. Um, but it's very sad, but still pretty impressive. We are at the grasslands. Chris is quickly scanning. It's just a lovely wide expanse of of grassland. Um, it's. I don't think it's even grazed. It's um, lovely and wild and flat, sort of reminiscent of Salisbury Plain in many ways. Um, and before we left the Adder spot, we um, we had a bit of a consolation prize. We just walked around the back of all the leggy gorse, and there was a little hedgerow. And just we were just looking at a yellowhammer that was sitting in a quite lovely view, and then we noticed another yellowhammer, and another. And there was quite a big flock of yellowhammers, chaffinches, and bramblings. And that's I had a nice view of one brambling, and that's the first one I've seen for years. We don't get them down our way so much in Dorset, but 
And one little group went over, I think they were about 14. Did she count 14? Can I interrupt for a moment? Yes. There's something very strange. See those roe deer? There are, there's a line of... There's a line of hawthorns running up to a hill half a mile oh, yeah. away. Oh yeah, what's that? It could be old Whitey. By the way, there's some, can you hear those angels playing? I can, I can. It's, they're in the boot, are they? No, they're just overhead in the clouds. Oh, I see. I can't get a good view. Oh, look, what's that over there? Oh. Just, that, that looks like a harrier now. No. I don't believe it. Just, it just something span and pivoted and dived. As as Harry, I don't believe it. Having just got here, and and look, that that looks very much like. I'm gonna have to get out of the car because I can't see through the windscreen. <laughs> look here, coming along the field now. There's something else. See, the top of the green field. Oh yeah, it's going to the left. Yeah. It's coming back again. It's definitely in hunting mode, look. You know what that is? It's a kite. No, no, it's a harrier. It is a harrier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a harrier. I thought it was. It's dropped behind the horizon again. That can't I've got believe a really nice <laughs> I can't it, believe it, it either. It is a harrier. It's isn't a it? harrier, yeah. yeah. I can't believe it. That's almost, that's <laughs> almost too good to be true. You realise this is the first time since the 3rd of February. You're joking. That I've seen a Harry, and I've seen so many Harrys this year, and this, this last month has been crap. And, and now the first thing we do, this was when, it's got to be less than five minutes since yeah, we oh, pulled it up. Yeah, it is, yeah. Coming along, and that's a, that's a turnip field, which was put there especially for the... Um, for the Harriers. For the Harriers. <laughs> Harriers love turnips. Yeah. <laughs> Do they eat them raw? Do they prepare them in any way? Oh no, they they, they take them off to the village and, and, and drop them on the villagers. They just oh, it, it's a sport. Oh okay. And Tur then, turnip dropping. All turnip, the harriers like oh, to do yes. it. Mm. They planted the, 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 the turnips for the um originally because of the lapwings. Just wondering how far left it might have gone because it was going left. Yeah, it was there's a barn there's a barn on that um Yeah. There's it, birds going up over there. It was heading sort of that direction. That was just... just That's amazing. Um, wait till I tell Kev. I'll phone him up when I get in. Yeah, do. Yeah, he won't believe you, though, will yeah. he? No, there's, a kite. there's a kite, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a kite up there. Kite, kite, a kite down below as well, I think. Can you see? Well, after the initial bird of activity... It's been f quiet for mm. 40 minutes or so. Yeah, quite, quite, apart from the orange. Oh, a lovely orange, really good orange. Yeah, I'm glad, um, I'm glad you like the orange. We did, we did need an orange then. Yeah. Just to quench the thirst. And, Although uh, we've got sticky fingers on binoculars now, which isn't so great. No, not quite so good. It's been well, a couple I'm, of buzzards soaring, but we're gonna move a little yeah. way further along the grass and we're hopefully We'll have a, a different view, and we and because um, we're getting closer now to the eagle time. Eagle time is maybe in the next twenty minutes, and that's where the last time I saw the white-tailed eagle is literally in those trees, half a mile to the east, and then where the mountains start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And hopefully we might we might see a hare as well, which would be quite nice. Oh, yes, yes, we might see it. The, the, and it's still March, so they the, might be mad. They might be mad. Yes, I saw several last time. I can't believe we haven't seen one yet. Mind you, they do tend to sort of come springing out in the evening, and it's still still afternoon. And it's beautiful now. The sun's the clouds have shifted. The sun's shining. It's a lovely. Early spring, we're late. I don't even know what, where we are in the afternoon. It feels about four o'clock nearly. It can't be that late. It might be, but this, this is the um, just to my right. It's, it's too early now, but that's the that's the hare field to the right. Oh, uh, yeah, they, they're always along that blackthorn. There's a lovely belt of blackthorn, and the hares come out about six in the evening and chase each other around. 
good people. It's good hair country up here. And especially good because just occasionally I would see suspicious shadowy characters in the distance with lurchers and that was never good and now they're not here because they've been swooped upon and there are no hair courses here now. Which is a very good news. They were all nabbed, it's just wonderful. It's a lovely bit of country, we're just sort of rolling, and this is a road you have to roll down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, 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 we're going down a lane which now has sort of turned a bend, it's now more or less straight. And, and I could be going down here now, looking left and right, left and right, and just leave the car to go in a straight line and nothing would ever come along. No, exactly. Disturb me. I would just be, <laughs> and if they did see me, they'd probably go, oi! And then that would alert me, yeah. alert me to the possibility of a head-on collision but yes this is a great it's an amazing bit of country and yeah. it's just open it's flat but it's just it's unmanaged it, grassland exactly. that's what's so wonderful about it it's not been tampered with it's not been it's, it's not been spoilt by machines or chemicals it's just there is some grazing although there are areas where there's never any grazing no. it's even better and it's quite an ancient place because you can see by the yeah, lots of tumuli. Yeah, the burial mountain, and there's a couple of long barrows further up the hill. Yeah. So it's a um, yeah, good spot. It's got a great atmosphere in the evening, and when you know when when the light starts to go, and you think of all those thousands of years since the old kings or warriors were buried here, and then suddenly you see a harrier coming up, very often from behind one of the tumuli. Yeah. It's like it's the spirit of Lord Thorngold. <laughs> Whoever Lord Thorngold was. Actually, it's interesting because um, we were talking about ravens earlier, and one of the other things I did read about ravens recently, because we've both been doing a little bit of reading about ravens, but it was believed the Celts often believed that they were the souls of the dead because over battlefields, ravens were often the first first birds to appear, knowing that they'd be lost. A hare just went across the lane Did right it, I missed yes, it. Yes, oh. bright in the sunshine. Oh. See, oh. and I'm, I'm not looking where I'm going, and yet I saw that hare, my radar told me, I, 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 it's all right, I'm gonna pull is it another one. Is that another one right down the far end? Yeah, I think it is. It's just about to cross. I can't. We'll we'll see that one that did cross in a minute. You'll see. Yeah, there's one right down the. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just gone right. It's just gone right. Yeah, it's gone. That's... It starts to cross. And a little while ago, a little while ago, a couple of years ago, this this lane was like a. Uh, it was a Winterbourne. It was just yeah, it was just a rushing river, and I saw uh, late in the evening. I saw a hare crossing, very carefully on tiptoes, as I was walking up because of the sound of the water. It didn't notice me. And I was watching it and I had the sun beyond it. So I had this lovely silhouette of a hare picking itself across the stream, tiptoeing. And, and then when it got to the verge on the other side, it, it very carefully shook each paw in turn oh. and then carried on through the grass. That's and I didn't have a camera. It would have made a beautiful picture. It's etched in your mind. Yes, it's, it, it is photographically there in my brain. There's a, a nice pale buzzard sitting on the post over to our left. Not Whitey, old Whitey, who's this incredibly pale buzzard who is almost white that we saw earlier and got us quite excited. And I think it gets a lot of birders excited when they see mm. it. I think this one's, it's a pale bird, but it's not. Yes, you can see his bib. Yeah. He's got a buzzard's bib. Or the sh she, I think, has got a, I think it's a female. But yes, the, there was a couple of people wandered down when I was walking up the lane the other day. They said, We've just seen this wonderful male hen harrier, and um, it went right, right. It went right over your head, didn't you see it? I said, yes, I did see it, and because um, they they were looking in my direction when it flew up behind me, and um, I, I'm afraid I had to disappoint them. Oh, because <laughs> I had a very clear view of this this almost uh, albino buzzard. If we get up here, just look like red wings. Yeah, there's a red wing. See the red wing coming up on. on see there, there's oh, a red wing yeah. coming up on a bicycle. Red wing's riding a bike. Mm. I've never seen that before. Is that the, how they migrate? Just along here, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the lane is. It would be a bit boring to fly along this lane unless you had. Oh, what was that? This flew off the. Um... There's a corvid, I think. Uh. But again, there's another. It's, it's nice having a different view. It's opened up 
all the sort of land to the south, which rises very mm. slightly. Mm. There goes the red wing on the bike, um, mm. and which yeah opens up possibly for hares and maybe another harrier. I still can't get over the fact that we definitely saw a ringtail. Yeah, and if it, as we were discussing just now, if we hadn't paused and looked at those bramblings, or been you know, and the yellow hammers and chaffinches, then we wouldn't have just happened to time it so perfectly. And more than anything else, successful encounters are down to timing. Yeah. So often you've just come around a little corner or you get a feeling that you're going the wrong way and you turn and you look in another direction or focus on that gap in the trees and just for a split second you see what you've been waiting for all day. <laughs> yes. And that's it. <laughs> it's interesting because we were talking about this a, a few months back and... As an angler, I think your greatest skill was your sort of sixth sense. Like you never, you've never adopted, um, you know, really cunning tackle or tactics. Oh or no, anything. no, the technical you've, side was too boring. Mm, but you've had an amazing innate sense for exactly where you need to put a, put a bait, where a fish is going to be. And this winter, especially, you seem to have had the same sense. Mm with the hen harriers here in that you've the amount of times you'd phone up and you'd suddenly on a whim you'd you'd, you'd suddenly had an urge to come over here and you'd parked up and within moments you'd you'd seen harrier and 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 what sort of confirmed the 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 luck if you like of the timing was that then i would go down and this end which very often there'd be other birders here and i say and the harrier was on this direction i say you just saw the harrier no and they'd been there all day waiting to see a harrier. <laughs> and I'd been there literally five minutes. And we could say, oh, it'll be around, you'll see it. But it, it would never show up. And I think they were getting a bit suspicious sometimes. But then I did see them once all together. And we, we had a great day. We must have seen, had three or four encounters with all kinds of things, harriers. And so that was good. And merlins and... Short-eared owl. And as she, yes, and as, and as it was getting dark. Yeah, the shorties were not here... They were not here in the middle of the afternoon, which is when we always used to see them. Remember when you first came yeah, down? Yeah, yeah. But um, that's got to be 12, 14 years ago, possibly. They would be regularly here, but no, they they wouldn't appear until maybe 20 minutes after sunset, by which time everyone had gone home. Of so very often being <laughs> yeah, being being solitary, and then you tell them what was the the the, um, the, the luck of arriving at the moment the harrier was here or um, seeing seeing the you know, arriving in the in the half dark when everyone else was just going home having not seen a shorty um, and then they see you the next day i suppose you didn't see a shorty. yes yeah, i saw three of them <laughs> <laughs> against the moon you know watch them hunting uh, people were very doubtful about me you could liken that to fishing as well because it's so often last knockings and the light's just gone and hunters do come out yeah, it's the, um, that's, the, that's why it's called the witching hour. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same for raptors. Very often the harrier would appear um, almost at owl time. You know, the, 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 yeah. it was just getting a bit difficult to see and then suddenly it went by this, this, this ghostly shape and you think there's definitely a short-eared owl and you get a better look at it and it was a, it was a ringtail. Obviously it's less um, indistinct if it's a male, but... Um, I didn't often see the male very late. I did a couple of times, but mostly it was the ringtail I would see almost into full dark. Mm. She'd be hunting on this area. And just, I should sort of speak a bit about the difference between a male, a mature male hen harrier is grey with black wingtips, um, and whereas the female and a juvenile of either sex is brown with the rings and around the tail, but they've both got the white rump. And that, that, and that showed up even in the half-light and, and almost, almost full dark. You, it's like a real light. Yeah. You know, on, on, the, on the root of the tail, you see this, this white band, and that gives it away. That's the, that's the harrier. And, in, and the other thing about the male is when the underwing is, is luminous. It's the, the black tip, but the, that white of the un, underwing and, and, the, and the belly too is... Yeah. Is very pale. And it, it, the interesting thing, looking at the one we saw when we got here, which was distant and um, and sort of, you know, silhouetted slightly against the sky, I mean, we both sort of picked up on the way it moved. How would you describe a Harrier's flight? Do you think? Buoyant. 
incredibly mm. buoyant. As you said, it's, it's like balsa wood. Yeah. You say it was like, yeah, it, I, it reminds me of, an, of when those paper... A paper, paper plane. No, you said... You know, yeah. I said balsa, you said... Yeah, it, it was when you said paper plane, it reminded me that was also of a, of a model plane. And it's the, the planes, like when it. they're so light mm. that they're sort of wobbling almost. And the slightest puff would take yeah. them up. Yeah. And away. And but the, going slowly and mm. just... Yeah. They're, they're... And, and that's the other thing, the slowness of them. Yes. About, even a buzzard is, it, it can move quite sort of steadily and... and um, it's got a sort of sense of purpose about it. But it, it does move quite quickly compared to a, um, a harrier when it's hunting. I think yeah. it's just because they, they take more care because they're hunting in a different way than a, than a buzzard. A buzzard is waiting to, you know, hopefully find a, a rabbit or a squirrel yeah. to swoop upon. More obvious, while a, a harrier is just a, a yard off the ground and it's listening as much as looking. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it's got great owl-like face, hasn't it? There's the eagle. Oh my word! Look at the size. I mean, must admit, Chris's eagle does look a lot like a. It's a black hawk, isn't it? Is it a black hawk? Or is I it an Apache? I don't know. It, it's a big helicopter. <laughs> it's, it's a big helicopter. Yeah, they do sometimes. I think there's an army range not far from here called Salisbury, and they 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 come down very often to practice, which is not nice. Or maybe they're just looking for Harriers. Actually, it could, could be, yeah. We've uh, moved on again. Someone else just arrived. He wanted to know too much. <laughs> <laughs> he did, it was slightly awkward. Hang on, I'm just going to look and see what that is through. Something in the field. Something in the field! It's a red lick partridge. But we, um, yeah, just as, as Chris shut the door but when we got out just now um two gray partridges flew up from beside the car which is rather nice and had a scan around there and saw a couple of lap point which is good to see and a flock of red wing we've now come down to the eagle spot which doesn't look very eagly chris no but but this is this is this is the point i was walking down here um a couple of months ago, and I had one of those moments of the of the senses. Yeah. When when it's like an alarm bell, and I was going to turn left to go through the trees. To there's a nice vantage point a bit further ahead, and and I was just about to go um, left. And no, and I told him, no, keep going on. And I never normally go ahead no. through the trees. I said a little bit further on, there'll be a, there'll be a gap in in the hedge. Climb the and climb the bank then. Look across. Just look across, and that's what I was telling myself. Hey, what am I doing this for? And I, I started to scan that bit of wood over there. Yeah. And and um, keep going, keep going. And it was like, you know, it's like my mum. Come on, you you find it in a minute, Christopher. Come on, you'll find it. And I was scanning along, and there was an eagle, a short-tailed eagle. A short. A short sorry, short. A white-tailed eagle coming along from right to left. And it's like I was going left, right. I kind of crashed into it. Brilliant. It looks so massive when you see it just over the top of you know large trees, and it looks massive I anyway. Bet. There's someone someone coming towards us, walk, um, talking to themselves on the phone, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. It was just I would never have thought of looking there. No, I would never have stopped, gone on through the trees, looked left at that particular point. It was very specific. I had to look there. I know. I was telling myself, I know I'm going to see something, and I did. Uh, just to fill in as well, the, these um, white-tailed eagles from the Isle of Wight pro, um, sort of reintroduction project. Um, but for some reason, there's. I think at least three birds have have come up and, and visited this area and liked this area and spent quite a lot of time here. It's an interesting field fair, just Is chatting. It? It's an interesting pattern that they... Uh, whatever draws them this way... I think, I think it because it is so well managed, this whole area. There's not, you know, it's not intensive farming, it's not intensive grazing either. The, the, um, the grass is long there's a, there's a lot of um, good habitat for all kinds of creatures mammals and birds and um, and so the um, the variety is is pretty rich it's pretty it's good and yes I've seen I've seen the white-tailed eagle or an a, a white-tailed eagle three times now here and it's always such a 
um, you know, it, it's spectacular when you see something which the wings seem to fill the whole sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, over, over eight foot span. Although the best one I saw was just up behind my cottage. I was watching um, a spiral of birds going up, crows and buzzards and, and um, kites, and I couldn't understand it. And there at the top of the spiral was a, was a white-tailed eagle, and, the, and the, um, they were mobbing it, and it just kept on going until it caught the, caught the wind and, and just opened those enormous wings and just sailed away from its persecutors. It was a fantastic sight. And it got even better, I think, that sighting, did it? Yes, yes, it did. I, I, I'm but but you've got you sworn to secrecy because I, <laughs> it's not secrecy, but it's it's um, it's a chapter of your it's a chapter, chapter of, of your book. It's a chapter of my book, which is which is then the book is it's not about hen harriers, but it is driven by the hen harrier. Yeah, and um, yeah, and the, and there is an um, but you had to the give... end of that story with the with the eagle is um, is is just unbelievable so i'm yeah I, I, you have to wait for that um you have to wait for the book to be published now of course which is going to be what, 2037 is it For, probably yes yeah 2037 if i'm if you know if i really get on with it but but i have seen um an unusual i had an unusual encounter i should say with a, with a white-tailed eagle here the first time i saw it there was a haystack after harvesting and there were two roe deer feeding in the stubble maybe 300 yards away and I was late late evening I was, I'd come here to see see what was about it was before I was expecting to see a harrier but the, there are other things there's goshawk here there's peregrines um, re, you know resident but then I noticed there was a very large <laughs> raptor sitting on top of the haystack I, I couldn't believe it for a minute because it seemed the same size as the roe deer. <laughs> it was just below it. And the roe deer kept looking up, you know, rather sort of anxiously. And I thought, where are my binoculars? And I was looking for my binoculars, found them. Um, they're in my, in a, in my sort of um, shoulder bag. I should have had them prepared. And by the time I trained them on the, on the um, haystack to confirm that it really was an eagle and it wasn't there that he must have imagined it idiot <laughs> yeah. but no i hadn't imagined it but where it had gone and how it had gone so quickly you know yeah. i looked away for maybe 10 seconds but then you know three or four wing beats and it'll be back on the isle of Wight. that's true yeah well that time when i saw it near near home um i watched it for got to have been nearly 15 minutes in the end wow. it was a fantastically long time to be able to watch an eagle and it never beat its wings once. Fantastic. And yet it went nearly two miles downwind and then came back upwind. Yeah. And it never beat its wings. How did it do that? It's just amazing, isn't yeah. it? Something so heavy. It just All it did was just... It, it changed the incline of its, of its um, you know, the, of, of the wing, the, the, um, the pitch. Yeah. And just leaned forward. And, and, and it, I thought, wait a minute, that, that bird's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I wouldn't object to seeing one today because I've not seen one since I was last on Mull, which is 11 years Ooh. ago now. Boy, I or 10 years ago, sorry. You, you should have been here three weeks ago because you see that hedgerow um, yeah. on, on the skyline, which is, what, you say 300 yards? Yeah. I was here. I, 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 I have to confess now, I was making a programme for Radio 4. In ways. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and this story, so this this is now ahead of Radio Four. Oh my God! That program was coming out, but there's been so you know too much trouble now recently. So that the, um, the fixture just is jammed up. <laughs> the schedule's been moved on, so it won't come out until the autumn. Um, so now, before anybody else, I can tell you that that hedgerow, that see that clumpy tree. Yeah. It wasn't that clumpy tree. It's a little bit further on the one I was looking at. Oh, look at this lot. I know, I've been looking at them, mainly chaffinches. Well, all I've seen is chaffinches. I'm just checking sure, through no in case, in case mm, there is another yeah. one amongst them, but all I've seen is chaffinches. But it was, it was, the eagle was sitting in that clumpy little tree, or one very like it. And, and while I was looking at it, thinking that it was a clump of ivy, because <laughs> there were lots of clumps of ivy around me, I scanned to the right to the tree next door to it. Another, you know, no more than 20 foot, that tree. And it was full of rooks, absolute pack, really? and they're all pointing their beaks <laughs> very much at this eagle-shaped clump of ivy. You idiot, it is an eagle. And I said to my producer, who was 
head being behind me. Dan! Dan! <laughs> it's an eagle. Dan? And he was having a pee. <laughs> For God's sake, get the tape rolling. Look, we can talk about this eagle. And he came running back and, and, the, and the wings opened as he was arriving. And I, got, I raised the binoculars. And it seemed like the wings... The, the wings literally just enfolded the whole top of that hill. It, it was just a, you know, it was a, a, a kind of visual impression, but they, they did look huge and it went downwind. So we, we only saw this one great thing lift and then go away from us and down. But, but so I was able to talk about it yeah. for those you know, few moments. It was, it was wonderful. And Dan did see it. So uh, it was confirmed. He'd never seen anything. He said, I've never seen such a big bird before. Although I think he... He's been to places like India and seen, you know, enormous um, But they are, vultures. I mean, it's fourth biggest, yeah, a vulture. Mm. Even, I, I don't know about white-backed vultures wouldn't be that much bigger. Certainly the, the griffins and black mm. vultures are, are larger, but I think they are that, enormous birds, white turkeys. Yeah, yes. It's the fourth yeah, largest yeah. eagle in the world. Yeah, they, they, and they just look so impressive. They're just amazing. They, even, even, you know, when they're not beating... Because well, I haven't really seen one beating its wings much. They just literally just use, use what air there is and yeah. just, um, yeah, exploit it and just go. Well, the sun has set. We've just seen an amazing searchlight of sunlight that came up. It looked quite eerie. So there's a low bank of cloud and the sun set behind it and then this sort of great big thick wedge of really deep orange light came up and it did look like a searchlight. But it's been fairly quiet. We've seen another kite, seen uh, another three grey partridge, lots of hares, which has been... Yeah, really there's nice. a hare watch. Oh, there he goes. There's oh, yeah, a... there's another one. There's oh, there's two, two hares. Two close to us and another one further up. So. There's a hare just cantering across the field to our Yay. left. Mad March hare. That has been lovely to see, but no... No owls. No, we, can, we, 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 we can see... We can see the barn where the owls um, live, about a quarter of a mile away, and, and a good view of it from here. And... and We've been watching it fairly um, carefully, closely, and no pale pair of wings has emerged from it yet, so uh, maybe we'll see them as we head back past that direction. Yeah. Yes, it's been, been very quiet this last half hour. It's also been lovely. It's, it's, in the, the evening, the air's got cold. It's got a nip to it, reminding mm. us it is... Late winter as much as early spring, but yes, the temperature has definitely dropped. It has. It's, de- it's still, it's still harrier season. You know, and yes, one has to be prepared for the, for the chill of the evening. But very often the harrier will appear in the evening. But somehow I think, not not this evening. But then it doesn't matter because we have seen a harrier. We've seen amazing. A, we've seen a ringtail, a female harrier, and we've we've seen uh, plenty of other things too. It has been lovely. Thank you so much, Chris. Pleasure. So it's always a, it's always a delight to come down here, and uh, especially with a, with a fellow birder who has the same um, enthusiasm for the birds as I do. Yes, absolutely. It's been a lovely day. And the sky at the moment is just amazing colour. It's a, it's quite a soft blue, but with these sort of streaks of amber. And and grey, charcoal grey, and yeah, lovely layering of of tones and colours. And it does have that kind of wintry look about it. It's still it does. It's it is still right on the edge of winter. But the birds know that winter will soon be gone. Well, that was just enchanting. A full well, not a full day as we know. It was a half day, but from midday to dusk. The enchanting company of Chris Yates and Kevin Parr. Hares, hen harriers, ramblings, no adders, sadly. But I am delighted to say that Kev, as I promised in the introduction, is joining me in the podcast the podcast studio. Kev, lovely Hello. to see you. And as you. always, lovely to see you. Uh, and much. when I can't see you in the flesh, it's great to see you over the 
powers of televideo screen absolutely technology yeah um <laughs> thank you for uh, firstly getting chris out of bed and getting him out into the wilds <laughs> but you both before i mean i'd love to there's lots to talk about but um you just have a, both of you have a lovely way of describing what you're seeing it's a fantastic area and especially it, in the it's a really interesting part of the world. A couple, I've got a couple of questions. Um, let's talk about the area. It's, it's, it's near an area I know qu- quite well. Yeah. But I don't know that particular downland that you moved on from Martin Down to, to the to the yeah this other place. But that whole area, there's a lot of sort of a lot of areas of just rough pasture. Again, downland. It's just areas of that of land that's left alone and that. In the winter, especially, can pull in all sorts. And, and why? That, that that was my other question. Why in winter? Why hen harriers there when we're more familiar with them on the moors? I think. Well, I mean, a lot of the the hen harriers will come. We get some coming south. I think studies have shown that some of the birds that come to Britain are, especially younger birds, but they'll come from the continent. In fact, but so we'll get. There's a lot of movement in the winter, and and yeah, they'll end up. In a place such as that, which which is where there's a lot of smaller birds that will gather, you'll get big flocks of buntings and chaffinches. Oh, you and, mentioned and yeah, larks. And yeah, and things, yeah, exactly, and, and starlings. So you'll get, then of course you get the the birds that will then follow them around um, to eat. Um, and it's also <laughs> yeah. spots like that as well. It's good for good for voles. The uh, you've got the really good, you know, established grassland which. The vole numbers must be huge, and that that spot is normally a roost for short-eared owls. And there have been, I think, in the past, up to sort of ten or eleven short-eared owls. And I'm a big fan of downland, as you know, and I'm really hoping yeah. to get down to that part of the world. But uh, you, you both evoked it so lovely, so beautifully, and the hairs coming through the sunset the hair, and that sort uh, of thing. I, you know, magic, magic. I couldn't, and like, that was the thing I think that blew me away. And we, you know, the area I'm in is pretty special. We saw a hair today, actually. But that's quite unusual. We don't get many, but up there, again, there are just enormous numbers of hares. Kind of what I want to do is come down and spend two weeks just walking slowly from yeah. site to site, camping and and just immersing and, and really getting to know it a bit better. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, I mean... Re- get me Chris bite. out of bed and, um, <laughs> and he yes. will take you to some very special spots. Oh, and some amazing. very old oak trees as well that he's he's um, got hidden away in his woods. Not his woods, but... but they may, of, as, may as well be his woods. They yeah. could be, exactly. He, th- he, yeah, he melds into them. In fact, he's just done an advert for Palace Skateboards, which is going to be on TV, and he sort of literally plays the... The green man, you know, the old man of the woods. Oh, you're Jake. Well, Chris, Chris does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness me, he's a real bizarre. bag of surprises, really. And he's got a well, he's got this long-awaited book coming out. Yeah, um, right, I say coming out. It sounds like it's not coming he, out. I mean, it will eventually. Um, but, the, but it's the follow-up to Nightwalk, which we mentioned, mm. and I think yes. Nightwalk, um, it, it did very well. It was very well received. So oh, I, think, I read it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's it's a lovely book. I think it's his best, actually. But this one's going to be better. It's got a really lovely feel. That's I mean, absolutely amazing. And for someone, people who know him as a fisherman, and and you know, he just doesn't get excited. He'll still he still gets excited by water, but not by fish or catching wow. fish. He's completely off fishing because he's famous for being he, an yeah. angler. I know you you mentioned that at the beginning. That he's great, great fame and great sort of celebrated. Yeah, he's a sort of ma- magician with a with a fishing rod. Absolutely, and it, and one of the most sort of revered anglers in the world, probably. I mean, he, within fishing circles, he's he's high. He's so well known. So it's very odd that he's, and it's not not a conscious thing. He he, it's just not not doing anything for him. It's just not. Uh, but but it has followed, and I mentioned it again in the, as we were chatting that he um, he's always had an obsession with a certain species. Um, be it carp for a long time, and he caught the carp record. Which yes, is how he's, back in 1980. 
from that um, mysterious pool. Yes, indeed, which isn't too far from you, actually. No, I, 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 it's one of the great hidden places on... I know it's called Redmire, but yeah. I don't think you can find it on any maps, can you? <laughs> Not called Redmire, that's for sure. No, no, that's, <laughs> no, the, that's the curious... Uh, this is it, so full of secrets. There's, there's yeah. a sort of secrecy here. I should say, well, I should... Uh, Firstly, Jack and Hannah, who normally join us in these plod chats, are not with us today. Uh, both are working elsewhere. Jack is on another podcast, which is, well, I don't know whether we forgive him. But Hannah is going to be here in a sort of, in, in a different form. Mm. And uh, maybe, Kev, you, you've got a, a, some thoughts on that. It's all tied to Chris Yates, really. Yes. Chris, um, as he's been reading up on various things about Hen Harris, and he found... Um, a book by Colin Sims, which is just simply called Hen Harrier Poems. And Colin Sims is fairly well known for his absolute obsession with Hen Harriers. And he's written some lovely poems. And I asked Chris which his favourite was from this book. And there's you know, hundreds of them. Um, and it's his, the one he's chosen is actually untitled. Um, but it's for Bessie Armstrong on Alston Moor in 1995. And he's obviously trying to guide her as to where the Harriers are. And it's um, this one is Chris's favourite. The Harrier on the worn old milestone, as regular this winter as she walked that way often and in great age. I'd wanted her to see for herself, not as passenger but on foot herself, sauntering alone, and to engage not to be shown. From a distance I saw the blue hawk arise to full height on long legs, her movement of such a surprise, but I didn't stop. I started laughing, softly, you know, and the beautiful bird sat back down. Why didn't it go? She had kept going, not staring at it, though so bonny. The way to see things is through being so free to do so. The road is narrow. Oh, I've seen them before, you know. And thank you, Hannah, wherever you are at the moment. Thank you for reading that for us. Uh, and that's from Colin Sims' book, Hen Harrier Poems, published by Shearsman Books. So well worth having a read of that. I think that's beautiful. Uh, well, that's wonderful. And I know you've got some more adventures coming for us. I know you're, uh, again, out in, you're out in Dorset this time rather than Wiltshire. Yes, uh, with... just to my local, my local hill, which is... You know, in terms of wildness, Dorset perhaps isn't obvious, but it's um, I quite like the ruggedness. And I meet the farmer there who his animals sort of um, conservation grazing up there. So it was really interesting. He's a really nice chap. So I met him and his daughter. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm about to start editing. So that's going to be coming probably three or four or five weeks time. We've got a few cracking episodes got next week i'm hoping our great nightingale adventure with sam lee which a couple of our colleagues maria and tanya have done and i know it succeeded and i know they captured a nightingale but also lots of lovely singing with it so that's going to be intriguing and today well i was recording today and i know you're going to be envious of this kev yeah i went to the river seven and as as previous listeners know kev and i've been fishing together in two episodes and uh you successfully, me moderately successfully, but I think uh, I caught I caught the tiddlers. But I went to Diglis Fishweir, which is in Worcester, to see where they've built this. It's a fish pass, so they have these weirs across the River Severn, which were built in Victorian times to for shipping to create yeah. nav- navigable waters. Of course, it blocked all the migrating fish, particularly this something called a twait shad, which I'm, I'm sure you know lots about. It's a sort of herring-like fish. but Yeah. Um, and its, uh, its migration has been blocked, so its numbers have declined precipitously. But they're hoping by opening up these barriers all along the river, this shad can get all the way up, not quite as far as the salmon go, but quite a long way and start breeding prolifically. And in the past, apparently, the river would boil with these fish in living memory. Well, and say yeah. living memory grandparents memory until the fish passes stopped this. yeah anyway they very cleverly have built under the water a viewing window and the Fantastic. fish is all channeled through a little narrow gap so they can count the fish yeah. but everything goes by there and you i mean i i sat for half an hour and just saw these shoals of bleak and roach i didn't see anything sort of gobsmacking because 
They said, oh, you get the massive pike come by and they darken the room sort of thing. And <laughs> salmon. And, uh, and then the shad apparently just dart through like, like crazy. And they, they, it's their job to count them and, and see if the numbers are building. But I had a I had a wonderful time. So that's my that's, that's my wildlife adventure of the week, really. And uh, that's pretty yeah. good. I'm quite I am quite envious, actually. And so I hope I captured some of that with with my my guests, or I was their guest. But um, have you been out, Kev? I know you've I know you've got a recording to to, to share. I have. Have you I been have, out and about you. apart from Egerton Hill? You've. Uh... Um, I I did. I've been back down to my local common, um, which is uh, and meeting i found two adders actually uh, and it was interesting i'd found a sort of one mature female adder about 10 days ago and and there was a a male in close proximity he obviously fancied his chances but uh i went back and i found her again and that male had been ousted by a much bigger male um, (laughs) who's who's melanistic he's a melanistic snake and i'd seen him Back in February, found him where he overwintered, and he's he's gone quite a long way. He's probably travelled three hundred yards, I would have thought, to find her. But they are they were obviously preparing to mate because she was just gently slipping around, and he would not leave her side. He was his head was glued to hers. He was just, and all he was interested in was following her, which is very interesting. So that was nice, but. That's wonderful. What a wonderful sort. I've been looking for oh, adders all over the place. I haven't seen any this year in the Brecon Beacons. And I, I, oh. I just don't have your innate adder, adder It's knowledge. a funny thing. Yeah, you suddenly get a sense as to where they will be. And those yeah. ones, and, and I mean, they were going right by my feet. They're oblivious to me. I was just the same walk, I, um, which is even better for me in many ways, was my first willow warbler of the spring. And it's a sound that literally it it hits me in the stomach it makes me stop still and there was one in the tree right next to us as we were walking by and I managed to record it so I got I got three nice descents before I scared it off which I think we can play It is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, yeah. One of the great songs, and and actually, there's lots, there's lots here now in, in the Brecon. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, particularly along the river, but also up on the hill. I've heard of quite a few. I never ever get booked tired of hearing that song. I was going to say, sorry, it, it, it's it takes me back to Scotland because it's a sound that I'm very familiar. You know, in, in Western Isles, where mm. I love to visit, and I haven't been for ten years now. Um, it's such an amazing sound and funnily enough I was thinking afterwards and the memory that it really evokes is it was the second to last time I've been up to Mull and we were heading back home and coming down and I get very emotional leaving I really struggle it's like oh it's such a wrench and we were coming back down past Loch Lomond stopped for the toilet and there's just sort of a toilet block by the road and and I just sort of wandered down into the trees and suddenly the air was just full of willow warblers and uh, singing, and I just breathed deep, and it was suddenly like it's okay, it's going to be all right. I just felt yeah. reassured that I'd, I'd left my my paradise, my place, but yeah, I could. There was a little hint on the way; it was almost as if they were just saying, "It's going to be all right. Work won't yeah. be too bad when you get back." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can come back next year. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But what about yourself? If you yeah, well, I, I I also have a warbler to share with with you and the listeners, which is a slightly unusual one for me because um, I only ever hear this species in the same hedge, almost on the same day every year, and it'll sing for about the next two weeks and then go quiet. And hopefully, it finds a obviously it does find a mate and has young. And I suspect what I'm hearing might be later generations. Yeah, They're coming back to exactly the same territory. I can't find any more of them in a five mile radius of my home but this one is literally 300 yards from my door and here it is and it's not the most 
exciting. Well, I quite like it because it's very different to everything else I hear, that little chuntering, little scratch, yeah. and then cha 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 And it's a lesser white throat. So very poorly named bird. I think yeah. it deserves something. It should be called the chuntering warbler or, or something. Should Gilbert, be the chanting Gilbert warbler. White called them um, petty chaps. Petty chaps, okay. which is such like, a lovely name, and one of his much letters, better. yeah, one of his letters to someone, he, he was delighted because he he'd had a petty chaps in the garden, and I just thought, what a great name, <laughs> and, and not long after, I hope that, he was referring to less white, but it's interesting because it's, I think people who've discerned what all the species or all the birds he was referring to. Um, would have realised that he that he identified a different bird, a different species, the white throat and lesser white throat, because they are quite similar to look at. Yes, but yes. Lesser white throat's a bit more sort of demure, and it? it doesn't have the the really sort of brown, rusty uh, wings back top of the wings. But um, but they're lovely. They've got a real elegance, I think. Yeah, it's at. quite a big bird, the lesser white throat. It's you know it's good, bigger than yeah, great tit size sort of yeah. chunky thing. Not like a little tiny chiff chaff or willow warbler. No. And yeah, I'm really pleased it's back. It's one of those things where I sort of I was walking along, and it's always my quick dog dog walk route, the quick circuit around the lanes. And I think it's never going to be. It's not no chance. And there it is again. And Fantastic. Think, like you with your willow warblers coming back from mullets. Sort of, I punch the air with a sort yeah. of. Um, delight that the world still works to some extent and, and the lesser has made it back. But Kev, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We're going to have you back later in the series. Um, there'll be you. loads more fun stuff to talk about. Um, Kev, thanks, thanks always. And please extend our thanks to um, Chris for Absolutely. a wonderful adventure. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week when we'll be out in the wilds, hopefully with nightingales. Goodbye for now.